Perhaps the most controversial topic of discussion in our day revolves around truth. Opinions often blur the lines of an objective truth. Streaming platforms, social media, and other public forums allow individuals to project their truths upon the masses like never before. In the midst of woke, cancel culture, religious freedoms, political liberties, and social injustice, we attempt to search for and reveal the truth. This is Truth Revival. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. My name is Roman Hamilton. We're here for episode 12, season two of Truth Revival. Tonight, or today, whenever you're listening, I've got Mr. Paul Chapman nationwide. He's with me today. Paul, how you been today? Busy. Busy as always? Yeah. Well, you know, it's funny that you say that because that's going to be the topic of our episode i'm too busy to talk about being busy busy man (laughs) people are busy and the question that we want to pose is how do we work god into our busy schedule or how do we fit god into our busy schedule you know paul i was reading uh reading some articles about busyness and busyness is one of those things that some people view it as a status symbol. Oh, definitely. Yeah. I, I remember being, when I first started my business, thinking the busier I am, the more successful I am. But as I've gotten older, I, I try to relate my success on how much time can I take off mm. compared to how much time I work. Because if I can take more time off, I'm more successful because I'm spending time with things that actually matter. Okay. And uh, like today. I took today off. I never spent time with my wife, like during the day. So she's off on Mondays and Fridays now, right? Right. So we go, and this is no joke. We go to Knoxville, and and we go to this coffee shop. And the biggest, busiest part of my day is probably between 7, 15, and 9, 30, 10 o'clock. Okay. And then probably after one thirty on till five or six, phone phone calls and things with work. So lately, I've been really blessed with not a lot of phone calls because I kind of get everything wrapped up the night before, and I'm just going and 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 taking my guys, lining them out, and everything being good. Well, today, the one day that I try to spend with my wife and hone in on her and focus on her and and make her feel like the queen she really is, right? The phone will not stop and i'm getting frustrated because i can tell she's feeling neglected Mm. imagine the lord we're so busy i I say i'm going to spend this time with you father but i'm so distracted that i can't focus on you and what does he call us to do to focus on him right to make him king and lord of all so i we, we order our coffee. We go to this coffee shop. We order our coffee, and the phone keeps going. And I, in my mind, I had to make a conscious decision. <laughs> Is it going to be this phone, or am I going to talk to my wife? Ooh. So you know what I did? I slid the phone away. You know, I like that um, in some restaurants now, they have this uh, container that people can place their phones in mm. so that when they're at the restaurant – they can actually focus on being social with the 
homo sapiens that are there, <laughs> the, the people that are there. In front of them. Yeah. We are so consumed with our phone and this digital age and social media. And you know what? There's people. I mean, I find myself just scrolling through Twitter or Facebook or Instagram, just fi- trying to find something to look at. And my kids are in the same room as me. Yeah. Or my wife is in the same room as me. Or my, I'm at my parents' house. And instead of being present and interacting with the people that are there, I'm trying to keep up with somebody that's not even relevant in my life or somebody that's outside of my immediate space. Yeah. We are consumed with our phones and social media. Going back to the restaurant thing, some of these restaurants will um, give you a 10% discount if you keep your phone in the container and you don't get your phones out. That's a they're, great they're, idea. They're not a, they're not a good idea, you know, but you, it's almost like they charge you more if you use your phone. <laughs> <laughs> um, the Bible says in Exodus chapter number 20, thou shalt have no other gods before me. Do not make any graven image or likeness of anything in heaven above anything that is in earth beneath or the water under the earth. Thou shalt not bow down thyself to them nor serve them. Wow. I think a lot of times we serve our phone, these idols that we've made into ourselves, or maybe we serve our career. We are so busy and consumed with this feeling of importance, this feeling, this necessity to be needed, to, to, to feel like we are valued or that, you know, we're making an impact. And so we sacrifice so many things for this world to, to, for whatever reason, I don't know why we get so busy, but here's what the Lord said. I am the Lord, your God, and I am a jealous God. And I will visit the iniquity of the fathers upon the children unto the third and fourth generations of them that hate me. Whew. But I will show mercy That's rough. unto the thousands of them that love me and keep my commandments. Remember the Sabbath and keep it holy. Six days thou shalt labor and do all thy work. But the seventh is the Sabbath day of the Lord thy God. In it thou shalt do not do any work, nor thy son, your daughter, not your manservant, not your maidservant, not your cattle, not your stranger, any that's within thy gates. For six days the Lord made heaven and earth, the sea and all that's in them, and rest on the seventh day. Wherefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath day, and he hollowed it. Paul, let me say this. I know plenty of people who say, well, I don't work on a, I don't work on Sabbath day. And they're good. They're holy now because they don't work on the Sabbath or they, they have a day of rest. And, and we're not, this is not necessarily a, a podcast to actually determine what the Sabbath day is. If it's the last day of the week, which is Saturday, or the first day of the week, which is Sunday, we're not really going to, this, that would be a great episode to, to discuss right there. But there should be a day of rest in your life. But there'll be some people say, well, I don't, I don't work on, I have, a day, I have a Sabbath day. I have a day. But you know what? Their people are working. Their employees are working. The cows are working. And God said, everybody needs to take a rest sometimes. Yeah, he made that day for us. The Sabbath day, we weren't made for the Sabbath to, to like 
have a holy day, but the Sabbath was made for us for rest. Yeah. For rest. And Paul, man, oh man, people are so high strung. People are constantly on edge. I know. And it's because we're not having regular intervals of Sabbath. That's true. Regular intervals of rest. That's probably what's been wrong with me all winter. I've not had any Sabbath. It's funny, like everywhere I go, it, it like tonight, I had a, I ate supper with with one of our deacons, and I've seen several people in the restaurant at noon. It's not, hey, how you doing, or good to see you. Do you know what ninety percent of the greetings I receive are? What's that? You busy? You busy? You got plenty of work? You busy? Let me tell you something. I got more than I need. Mm. I got more than I want to do. And I'm like, you. and, and I want to say, you have no idea. But we have to get to that point to where he says, hey, you're either for me or you're against me. You either take what I am right. or you're against what I am. You either stand on my word or you go against my word. You either receive what I've spoken or... Or you deny, do you hate me? What did he yeah. say there? How many generations, if you hated him? Third generation. I mean, listen. That means your children's, children's, children. The ramifications of this thing is huge. We don't pay, we think, oh, it's just me. Me and myself. No, it's not me and myself. It's my sons, sons or daughters and all and so forth. I'm living off what my great grandfather did or didn't do, you know, and, and and the same is going to be for me. So if, if I don't take the time to do what's right and to teach my children, what's right, how is this thing going to continue to flow and be what it's supposed to be? But if you'll look in the world right now, there's a spirit of busyness. Because mm-hmm. I know I, I listen. I, I, I'm this is truth revival. You want the truth? I'm dead in the middle of it. I'm the, I'm one of the worst of it. I have no time. And, and what is the greatest Bible story of all about busyness? Mary and Martha, <laughs> Luke chapter ten. Now, as they went on their way, Jesus entered a village, and a woman named Martha welcomed him into her house, and she had a sister called Mary who sat at the Lord's feet and listened to his teaching. You know, I never noticed that, but the busy one, Martha, is the one that welcomed him. Come on in, Lord. We're welcoming you here. We love Jesus. Come on in here. We're good. She sat at the Lord's feet and listened to his teaching, but Martha was distracted with much serving. Yeah. We're distracted with much serving, much serving of others. We're putting others before our God. We're putting other people's wants and, and and trying to trying to keep them satisfied and keep them off our back, like like say a builder that I work for. I'm trying to keep him satisfied and not chewing me out or calling, wanting to know where am I at? Uh, why am I not there? Why am I not doing this? Why am I not doing that? And she was distracted with so much serving, and she went up to him and said, "Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to serve alone? Get a hold of this." Tell her then to help me. But the Lord answered her, Martha, Martha, you are anxious and troubled about many things, but one thing is necessary, 
When something's necessary, it means you have to have it. Mary has chosen the good portion, which will not be taken away from her. What does this Bible say about the treasures we lay up on earth? Moth and rust will destroy. Mm -hmm. He says, store your treasures in heaven where moth and rust do not destroy. Oh, wait a minute. What's this say? Mary has chosen the good portion, which will not be taken away from her. Woo. It won't be taken away from her. So, so what we what we learn and what we receive and what we put into this thing today, we're going to be rewarded for eternity from glory to glory to glory in who he is and what he is. And he's just saying, hey, listen, who are you going to choose today? Something I started this week. It's funny that we're even talking about this. <laughs> but I've been I've been in the truck in the mornings going to work. Now my Anybody that knows me knows that my my struggle since my dad passed away, man, I've been physically ill to the point where my mind wanders. I think I got something terminal, something's really bad wrong with me, and then I'll get better for a day or two or whatever, and then it kind of creeps back. And a lot of it's been because I've been so busy trying to keep up the slack of the stuff my dad left behind and, and everything else that I already had going on. I am super busy. That's the truth. So I started. Every morning, the Bible says what? Be anxious for nothing. But by prayer and supplication. Mm. And thanksgiving, make your request be made known before God. And then he'll guard your heart and mind. That's what it says. So I get in the truck now. I started this this week. I said, Lord, you said to be anxious for nothing. And I've been a nervous wreck and anxious and trying to make sure my mom is took care of and, and all But you said to be anxious for nothing, but to come to you with thanksgiving. I'm coming to you, Lord, in this truck because I can't handle it on my own today. So I need you to lead me and guide me and direct me and put me in the path of the people you want. Let me say what you want me to say. Let me be who you've called me to be today. And let me not be too busy just to listen. Because here's the deal. When we get so busy, Rome, the people that are in need of us and are calling out and asking us for help and crying out and the Lord opening the door for us to be a help to somebody, when we're too busy, we just shrug it off and go on. And that's not what we're called to do. We're called to be the hands and feet of Jesus, yeah. to love, yeah. to sow. Paul, I bet that um, all of those religious people who walked by that man that had been beaten, that was destitute on the side of the road, I'm thinking about the Good Samaritan. Yeah. Okay. The I guess he was a Jewish man that had probably been beaten, cast aside on the side of the road. Um, the the religious folks they walked right on by him. Yeah. Probably because they were too busy. True. They probably felt like they had other things more pressing and other matters more important to tend to. But it was the Good Samaritan who made time to help. Yes. And we, being the hands and feet, must make time to help those in need. But it all boils back to busyness. I mean, people can say um, that their life is hectic, they're time-starved, that they feel pressure, that they feel overwork, maybe that they've overscheduled their life. We just feel like there's not enough time in the day or that we're running out of time. But we still get 24 hours. We get just as much time as our fathers and our grandfathers had <laughs> and you know something a lot of the modern conveniences paul washer dryers cell phones our cars are more efficient you know 
this is one of the big things like automated technology in the workforce. Yeah. That was supposed to make people's jobs easier. You, you was supposed to have greater efficiency because of the technology of your job. And you know what's happened? We've become busier. We've become more yeah. stressed or maybe our lives did get easier and we just found other things to fill the time. Maybe so. Are you really busier than you were before? Or do you just feel busier? Has our relationships changed? Has, has your perspective changed with your, with your kids, with your wife? Have they changed? Have you changed? Listen, I know what it's like to feel busy. The, the, the question that we had is, how do we fit God into our busy schedule? I want to read you this quote from, from Joyce Meyer. It's a great quote. Woo. It says, spending time with God is the key to our strength. We know that, Paul. Yeah. We know that it's in him we live and we move and we have our being. Yeah. So I need to spend time with God. Spending time with God is the key to our strength and the success and the key to success in all areas of our lives. Be sure to never work God into your schedule. Mm. But always work your schedule around God. Say that again. Be sure that you never try to work God into your schedule. He is holy. He is righteous. Never try to fit God into your schedule, but work everything around him. Mm. Paul, I want to play this little clip right here, and then we're going to reflect on it. It um, it came from Facebook this past week. We'll see what happens. We'll see how this goes. I'm just saying to you, there was a day when everything was put aside and God's Word in the house of God was a priority. The ball fields, the movie theaters, the birthday parties, the sleepovers, the girls' nights out, and the boys' road trips, they're all great. But what's happened is many of them have taken the place of God in his church. We're having a great time while the fires of hell are raging. I want you to do me a favor this morning. Look into the faces of your children and grandchildren and tell them that you're doing everything that you can do to raise them in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. Do it with a straight face, I dare you. They don't miss practices, they don't miss recitals, but they miss church. And the kind of memories they're going to be raised with is they're going to look at you one day and they're going to know the way you lived. You said one thing and you did another. Mm. Now I encourage you not to compromise. Don't be a Balaam. Let this dumb donkey be a message to you this morning. Does your family look different than the family who doesn't know Jesus? Prove it to me. Prove it. Prove it. Some sorry men can't leave the liquor and the beer alone. And all their family knows is abuse and brokenness and 
apologies. Some people have lied so much to their spouse and their children and nobody believes them anymore. Satan's not telling you don't go to church. He's saying just don't commit your life totally to the Lord. Mm. Just straddle the fence. Halfway in, halfway out. Look good for the world. But you and your heart know exactly where you are. Before you think that I line this message up, you might want to look a little higher than the pulpit in the church steeple. I found that on a Pickett's Mill Baptist Church Facebook page. It says, the righteous man walks in the integrity of the Lord and his children are blessed after him. Let that sink in. Let that become a reality for us, guys. Seek the Lord while he may be found and call upon him while he, he is near. God didn't call for children to lead the way. God called for men to lead the way. And so it's got to start with men in the house. Men must lead the way. And Paul, the majority of our listeners are men from 35 to 45. Mm. Prime age for a dad. Boom. Prime father age. And so men, I want to encourage you out there to live your life for the Lord. So we've got these people who say, uh, I don't have time to, 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 to do things for God. Or they say, I don't have time to read my Bible. Listen, I'm going to tell you something. If you're not reading the Bible, then you're going to be spiritually weak. If you're not spending time in the presence of the Lord, you're going to be spiritually weak. Tell them how, how long it takes to read the Bible wrong. Okay, so you know this is based on um, a study that was done by uh, Crossway. It was uh, There was 11,000 readers that were polled in August 2018, and on average, on average now, now, Paul, what would you consider like like extreme? I know that we've talked about it before. To some people, reading through the Bible in a year is extreme. Would you mm. agree? Yeah. I've heard people who are like, I've read through the Bible, and that's like an accomplishment of the lot of their life. I felt like that way before. I've read through life. the Bible. You know, if I could just do it in a year, I'd be doing great. I, you know? If I could just read the Bible in one year, well, how long would that take? How long would that take? According to this survey, about 12 minutes a day. 12 minutes, Paul, to read through the Bible in a year. Wow. Now, you and I have, have talked about this. I don't really enjoy reading. But you know what? My commute to work is about 20 minutes. Mm -hmm. And we have the ability, the capacity now to have our Bible read the audio, audio style, like an audio book. Mm. There are apps that will read the Bible to you, especially the U version Bible, which is, I highly recommend 12 minutes. I do the same thing every morning. Can you listen to your Bible for 12 minutes a day? Oh, yeah. Uh, you know, I mean, that's that's not a whole lot to ask. Can you spend time in the presence of the Lord, communing with the Father for 12 minutes a day? That's the question. Wow. Do you have 12 minutes to give unto the Lord? 
Here's the thing. On average, this is what percentage of people, they this is what they spend at least 30 minutes doing a day. Spend at least 30 minutes of doing a day. Some people check their email. Takes more than 30 minutes. What's more important, your email or God? Probably Facebook in more than 12 minutes. Social media, yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, I'm guilty. I'll laugh, but I, I do. You know, we're not just like holier than thou's here. We struggle too. Oh, yeah, yeah, we struggle too. Uh, but 20, 26% of people, Paul, um, spend that time on YouTube browsing for videos. I'm not a big YouTuber. You know, or uh, they're on Twitter, they're on Instagram. People spend that time watching TV. Mm. None of those things are inherently evil, but they're not really productive either. When it takes up more time and energy, when these activities take the place of God, then they become idols in our life. Well, we have to understand that, you know, we talked about this a couple of weeks back. It's not what goes in a man that defiles him, but what comes out. Right. Yeah. But if you're not spending your time reading your Bible, and you're watching TV or your Facebook and or YouTube and the things that you're that you're in ingesting and, and, and taking you're indulging in, you know, consuming. That's what's gonna come out. You're not you're gonna talk about what you watched on YouTube. You're not gonna talk about greater seed than me that than he did in the world. You know, you're gonna talk about these other things. It's gonna become your priority. So we're gonna take a quick break. We'll be right back. Truth Revival is brought to you by Senor Lopez Mexican Grill, 105 Mecapike, Teleco Plains, Tennessee. Paul, why don't you tell our listeners what's happening at Senor Lopez? Hey, take the family down Monday night for trivia, 6.30 to 7.30. Tuesday is my favorite day. Tuesday is Teleco Spirit Tuesday, where 10% of all proceeds go to the town of Teleco Plains, Rome, which is a great idea, and I love that. Bingo, Thursday night at 6.30. And Saturday night is live music from 6.30 to 8.30. So take the family down, relax, have a great meal where the food is fresh and the family is welcome. Come home for dinner at Senor Lopez. And now, the continuation of Truth Revival. That's the big thing, you know. We totally neglect what we're called to do and... It's like the Apostle Paul says, those things that I want to do, I don't do. Those things that I don't want to do, that I do. You know, there's a war going on in our members. And that war right now is is really in the mind. And that and in your mind, you're thinking, I've got to be busy. I've got to keep up. I've got to supply my kids. I got to get them that scholarship. I got to take them to this AAU. I got to take them to this and that. I, I've got to get them a, a ride through college so they can be successful and so they can make money. Hold on. Wait a minute. I heard a sto- I read a story today about a a girl that played basketball at the University of North Carolina. The end of her sophomore year, the coach that recruited her retired or, or left, resigned, so a new staff came in. Now this girl been raised in church her whole life. Father was an evangelist and a missionary. She loved the Lord. Well, the new staff came in and and it was really dark. Really dark. Now, you think about it. Any kid that grows up that is in love with basketball and gets a scholarship to play at a D1 school like University of North Carolina, that's like a dream come true. Right. So in the story, it talked about how 
at toward the end of her junior year or somewhere in that time frame, they came in with this paper of the new things that the, the team was going to endorse and promote and stand for. Do you know that this girl had been a University of North Carolina fan her whole life, refused, and walked away? Hmm. She walked away from everything she ever wanted, everything she ever dreamed about, where she thought God wanted her to be. She walked away so she wouldn't conform. But here's the thing. We're so busy and engulfed with everything that we can't even hear what the Spirit of the Lord's saying. If he's saying, hey, you don't belong here. You need to walk away. Or, hey, I need you over here. Or, hey, I need you over there. We're too busy building our own kingdom. I am grade A number one busy. Listen to what this says. Psalms 127.2. It is in vain that you rise up early and go late to rest, eating the bread of anxious toil, for he gives to his beloved sleep. What comes with sleep? Rest. Ooh, Sabbath. Recovery. Ooh, what did you talk about earlier? Yeah. Sabbath. Yeah. Recovery. Health. Right. Energy. Alertness. To be aware. And what does he call it? He says, hey, in the last days, stay alert. Now, Paul, there's probably going to be some of our listeners out there that's going to be like, see, Paul said that's why I need to sleep late. This is, this is why I need. <laughs> slothfulness is wrong, too. No, no. Okay? No. We have to find balance. The balance is, is the key. But, guys... We're going to try to wrap this up here. Today's going to be a real a real quick episode. Um, Paul, I want to give you another clip, okay? And this is because as a pastor, we're dealing with busy people. Mm. We're trying to minister now to busy people. And oftentimes, the work of the ministry gets put on hold. Or it's the old 80-20 principle where 80% of the work is done by 20% of the people. That's that's true. And so those people that are faithful are overworked. They're it's added and continued stress. I mean, those people have busy lives. Those people have jobs and careers and families, but they serve and they labor in the ministry. Ho- listen, know this, believer, your labor is not in vain. You're doing a good work, so do it faithfully unto the Lord. But there should be help. Help should be there on the way. There should be other people coming to bear your burdens, to, to, to bear those burdens for you, to support you. That's what the scripture says. But how do we how do we as pastors and preachers minister to the people who have these busy schedules? I want you to listen to this, uh, listen to this clip. And I, I didn't really let you reflect on the last one, <laughs> but I'm going to let you reflect on this one. So when this is over, I'm not going to talk. I want to hear from you. Here we go. And I want to say to those young pastors who watch me, and there are lots of you that do it, I want to say to you, you fulfill your ministry. I know you're discouraged because your church has changed. Let me tell you something, young man. Everybody's church has changed. People aren't the same anymore. Since this germ paid us a visit, since all of this social stuff has come to light, Brother, people aren't the same anymore. People are angry and they're irritated Mm. and and they're quick to fight and quick to say things and quick to split. This is not the same world we had, young pastor, and you don't have the same church 
you had. They disagree with you. They talk about you. They just up and leave at the drop of a hat. Or if there's another ministry that comes along or a better church, they just up and leave you. Your biggest givers will just walk off and leave you. But you can't let that discourage you. Listen to me, young man. Fulfill your ministry. God didn't call you to preach just because the house is full. And God didn't call you to preach just because your biggest givers are still there. He said, preach the word. Be instant in season, out of season. Preach like an evangelist. Rebuke, reprove, exhort with all long suffering and doctrine. And just remember this. You may preach and nobody gets saved. But Noah preached 120 years and nobody got saved. And Jeremiah preached 33 years and nobody got saved. But if you'll be faithful and you'll preach it and you'll do what God has called you to do, there is a great reward for you up in heaven. I'm not finished yet. Hang on. Sometimes you might have to do what Ezekiel did. Ezekiel went down to a valley of dead, dried up bones. The Bible said they were very dry. There was no life. But God said preach. Preach to the four winds. Preach to the north, the east, the south, and the west. And he did. And when he preached, life came into that graveyard. Let me tell you something. You preach it whether they like it or not. You preach it whether they're there or not. You preach it no matter what. Because God called you to preach. And if you'll preach, God's got a great reward. A great crown laid up for you in glory. Mm. Give some thoughts, Paul. He's right. I worked with a guy one time. He was a pastor of a, a... a big first Baptist church. And, uh, I'm like, what are you doing here with us? I mean, he went, he was making like 80 grand a year. And this has been a long time ago. I mean, probably, uh, at least 20 years ago. And he said, I got fired for saying ain't in the pulpit. And I'm like, what? <laughs> I'm like, what? He said, yeah, I got fired for saying ain't in the pulpit. And I'm like, that is that is so ludicrous. What does it matter? And, and here's the thing. And and even more so now after after COVID hit and 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 all this social stuff has come to light, you you can't say anything out of turn. You can't have an opinion because you're hating and you don't love. You know, God is love. You gotta love everybody. You gotta condone everything. No. No, you don't have to condone everything. There's a line in the sand. That which is holy is holy, and that which is corrupt is corrupt. And, and and what God says and what God is breed, that's what we gotta stand on. That's what we gotta stick to. And and preachers aren't preaching, you know, today. They're preaching out of fear uh, of the congregation, not the fear of God. Like like the man said, you know, if my biggest givers are gone, the door's closed. So I've got to tickle the ears and, and pacify these people to where they'll continue to, to write those big hefty checks. But if I say, if I say anything about they work too much or they're too busy, they're going to get offended and they're going to leave. Or, or if, if I say something about somebody's sexual orientation or anything like these things, pastors today 
have to be on guard because people are so easily offended and angry. But but the problem is all this has come into play because the enemy, what does he come to do? Steal, kill, and destroy. He's the the he's the the worldly god of division. And our world is so divided at this moment. Uh, even any not even just political, but even spiritually, our world's divided. You know, if you don't believe this way, we can't work together. I know you're big on trying to bring our community churches together, but there's such a division. And people say, Well, we're not divided, we love Jesus. Yeah, we're divided because if I don't love Jesus the way you love Jesus, then we can't be buddies or we can't work together. And and look, here's the bottom line. He came, he rose, or he came, he died, and he rose again, and he's coming back. That's all I need to know. Mm-hmm. If you believe that, let's go. Mm-hmm. We got to go win some souls for the kingdom. So the guy's right. I mean, it's a very, you got to tiptoe through the tulips. You're walking on eggshells. There's glass in the room and you're barefooted. And, and, and. Everything is centered around worldly thought, worldly opinion. We have a form of godliness. Deny the power thereof. We have a form of godliness, but we deny the power. Because here's the deal. If we don't deny the power and we let God be true and every man a liar, he will flow like Bald River Falls. Revival will come. I'm telling you. The There'll God, be an awakening. He's stirring. God's spirit. Yes. He's stirring his people, Rome. Amen. He's stirring his people. I can sense it, Paul. It's uh, it, it's unbelievable. I've seen more people come to the Lord in the last two months than I have in years. In two months. And and, and I'm like, God, what are you doing? You're moving. And, and, and he's breathing and he's speaking and he's stirring and and all he wants is people to have a backbone. I remember my dad used to say, hey, God just wants somebody with a backbone. With a backbone to say, hey, let God be true and every man a liar. And what he says, he will do. And what he says, he meant. He meant. If I get to going too much here, I'm going to preach what I got for Sunday morning. So I'm going to try to, <laughs> oh, yeah. I'm going to, try to hush. But, but listen to what this says. Here's the deal. What, just what the man was preaching about. Romans 12.2 talks about it. Do not be conformed to this world. But be ye transformed by the renewal of your mind. Ooh, is that 12 minutes a day, Rome? Being transformed Mm. by the renewal of my mind? Oh, I can get that in 12 minutes a day? Just 12 minutes a day? (laughs) Listen, what if I make him my life? What if I make him my consumption? What if he consumes me? What if he becomes Lord of my life? Oh, God forbid. If he becomes Lord of my life, the demons will shatter. The the sickness will run. The spirit is going to rise up and people are going to bow down and say, God is my king. God is my throne. I want what you got. I want to have what got Mary's attention right? to make her sit and to quit serving and doing worldly things. That's what I want. We didn't even finish this verse. That by the testing, you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. Ooh, him. He is acceptable. He is perfect. Matthew 6, 33. Seek you first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Oh, what did you say? And his righteousness. Oh, you didn't say it's. His. His. <laughs> Ooh, his righteousness. And all things will be added to you. His. His righteousness. Him. You know, Paul, we're going to wrap this up here. 
Ezekiel 33, 33 says, mm. and when this shall come to pass, the people will know that there has been a prophet among them. So preachers out there, men of God, stand bold. People need to hear the word of God, regardless of as, as if that prophecy is fulfilled in Second uh, Timothy chapter four, where he said that there will come a time when people will not endure sound doctrine, but they'll, after their own lust, heap to themselves teachers having itching ears. They'll turn away their ears from the truth and they'll be turned into fables. That prophecy is being fulfilled right before our eyes. So be faithful, man of God. Continue to preach. Be bold. Be instant, in season, and out of season. Reprove, rebuke, resort with all long suffering and doctrine. Make full proof of the ministry. Mm. Do the work of the evangelist. Paul, we're going to have to close it right there. Man, oh man, what an episode. Hey, don't get too busy for Jesus. Don't get too busy for Jesus. Mm. And as you were uh, saying something, I thought about them five-minute abs. Remember that old infomercial? Yes. You can get abs in five minutes. (laughs) That's not real. No. And listen, if you want to be strong in your faith, spend time with the Lord. In 12 minutes, that's not too much to ask. But if you'll devote yourself unto the Lord, God will bless your life. Mm. Okay? So that's, that's going to do it for today. This is episode 12 of Truth Revival. For Paul Chapman, I'm Roman Hamilton. We're out of here. <laughs>